Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Hopefully everyone was able to get some rest and didn't stay up too late last night as it is yet to be determined the final results for the midterms as has been pre-warned by the White House, any government officials, and certain political candidates. And so that's why we say we need to keep our emotions in check because things don't always play out as you should hope that they would. And we're seeing that yet once again in a political election cycle, nefarious things going on when they were pre-warned about. But today I want to look at first some continuing our our prayer journey through dethroning the thrones of iniquity and the study of King Josiah and his coming to revelation of the covenant com- commitment that the Lord has made to Israel and that Israel uh, is, should be walking in at the time of this story in Second Kings 23. And I want to look at one thing. I'm going to build upon yesterday where we saw where he declared with the in front of the people the law of the Lord. And today, not only we want to look at, we want to see how and show how King Josiah made a stand to take a commitment with that in that line with that covenant relationship with the Lord, but so did the people. And I want to read one verse today, which is Second Kings twenty three. Verse 3. Let me blow it up a little bit more so we can focus in on it. Okay, that's better. It says here in verse 3, so we're, we're coming off of, okay, he gathered people, both small and great, and they read, um, the prophets read the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. Okay, we go that goes back to Second Kings 22, but here in verse 3, let me highlight this. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord. The king made a covenant to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And this is a key part here. And this is where we're at in this nation. And the people and all the people entered into the covenant. The people of Israel followed when the king led righteously and walking with a more so a desperate heart to get back into that covenant relationship with the Lord, making a commitment to stand for God's plans and God's purposes. The people followed. And and through that we, we see number one, Josiah understood his spiritual boundaries. That, that goes back to dealing with protocols and things we've been trying to teach for the past two years. Um, also, the people of Israel, I'm going to highlight this again. Again, they followed the king's lead and stood with him. When a king is walking properly, 
the people walk with him into that covenant with the Lord to keep his commandments and testimonies. Because the king, with all his heart and his soul, made a commitment to stand on the plans and promises of the Lord. Now, today we want to, with that understanding, our prayer is to commit to make a stand with with the Lord, with all our hearts, with all our souls, for the plans and purposes of God, for ourselves, for our house, for our cities, for our neighborhoods, our districts, parishes, counties, city, states, nation. Because this is where we're at. We're at a point where no matter how these political races pan out, is the natural is revealing the spiritual of people are willing to, in some instances, in some areas in the country, stand for, and in some, even more instances, continuing to make law to allow abortion, even up until the ninth month, to be the law of the land. And so this is showing a, a heart revelation right now of re- revealing some things. And I want to get into these election results to know how we can continue to pray because they're not over. Um, some of these elections still haven't fully gathered all the ballots um, in Arizona and counted them all. So there's still things yet to be determined. There'll be some runoffs and things, and we'll get into that here right now. And, and so I want to go through some things, and then I want to f- close out with giving my final thoughts on, on a lot of what happened. If you want to take a dive into hearing all the perspectives, you're going to be spending weeks and months in everything. I want to summarize it so can kind of push that out and get in line with what what the majority of the, the gist of everything a general idea of what's been happening and then uh, focus on getting back into that right covenant relationship with the Lord for his plans and purposes um, in our time now and in the season ahead okay so with that um, we saw yesterday reported the story that the Department of Justice was sending um, quote-unquote monitors to certain states, uh, 64 different quote-unquote precincts, and I believe like 20-something states. They tried to send them to South Florida, Broward, Miami-Dade, Palm Beach, (laughs) and Governor DeSantos said, um, no, you can get out of here. And directly the fact is that uh, you have no legal authority to monitor, be inside precincts, et cetera, et cetera. And that also goes for pretty much every other state. So this act is, you could consider, um, might get kicked off of Facebook and YouTube for saying this, voter intimidation, possibly. Uh, That's the question. Is having the federal government, the DOJ, getting involved where they have literally no authority? They said, well, we're we're monitoring the federal laws of this election. What federal laws of this election? A lot of these have to deal with uh, local state jurisdictions. They didn't quote what laws they were were meant to to uphold other than the 1965 Civil Rights Act, which really has nothing to do with states' authorities on how they handle this and, and doesn't give the DOJ the authority to do this. So... A positive, another um, candidate standing up, and obviously you saw what happened in Florida. Just a complete shellacking, uh, really, and everybody's going to say this, really the only state where a quote-unquote red wave, red tsunami, uh, depending on who you were listening to last night, uh, came through. Now, you have um, some governor's races that are still yet to be determined. We'll get into that here in a second. But I first want to start in the Senate. The Senate is the most interesting 
fallout, uh, if you want to say that, uh, of events happening last night. So what we know so far is that it looks like, as of right now, the Republicans lost a seat and the Democrats picked up a seat in Pennsylvania with Fetterman and Oz, as it's been called by a lot of different organizations. Now, there's still a some questions. Uh, Project Veritas has some um, reporting investigations that they're doing on some things that were happening. Not too familiar with that story. I know I know about it. But the question is, will those be looked into? Will they be dealt with in time before the final vote is officially confirmed and Fetterman is actually put in office? Georgia will, is looking like it's going into a runoff with Warnock and Walker as they're really, really tight. Um, they're within less than a percentage point um, and really 35,000 votes as this is, we're seeing with this decision desk here. So there's going to be 80,000 votes up. This does not play well for Walker, unfortunately. Um, a huge uh, hold in Wisconsin is Ron Johnson. There was belief in polls earlier that uh, Mandela Barnes here would actually pull out a win. Doesn't look like that's the actual case. Arizona is still up for grabs as the issues in Maricopa County and throughout the rest of the state with their election um, and more so their, their, their devices of how they counted ballots is still yet to be determined. It looks like right now they're, they've already started to recount or count more votes. Um, as earlier, it was at like 65%. Now it's back up to uh, 70. It's up to 72% of the estimated votes counted. And um, Masters is pulling closer to Mark Kelly there. Alaska will most likely hold Republican as it looks like Kelly to Chewbacca and Lisa Murkowski are in the lead there, and how Alaska works out is it's a tiered voting system. You vote one through your top four, three or four candidates, and then as you know, Buzz Kel Kelly will be eliminated, and then how people, you know, they put him first, his vote will go to the second. So where that goes, and this race will come down to after people voted for uh, Chespro, the Democrat, where their second vote would go to does it go to Murkowski who's more in line uh, with the Democrats and and Chesbro or does it go to Dishbaka that'll be the determinant there doesn't look good for Dishbaka in this case unfortunately so potentially Murkowski holds that seat as she is the incumbent Nevada is one where could possibly go to a runoff or um the Republican here, Laxalt, could possibly win. This would be a, good, a big pickup there um, if that were, were to be. And, and going back to the idea of a red wave and a red tsunami, if that were to be the case, then Colorado would have gone re uh, red to O'Day and Georgia would have gone red and Pennsylvania would have gone red, which would have given Republicans about 53, 54 seats. That's not going to happen. Um, at best, Republicans can get 51 seats, and, and to neuter the president to make sure they can't push forward these ideologies is a huge factor. Now, what we're seeing out of the race in Colorado is this is going to start splitting hairs for the 2024 presidential race because Trump did not endorse John O'Day and Ron DeSantos did. The problem here, and Trump saw something, 
for all his faults, he saw something in John O'Day that he said no. John O'Day is a, all intents and purposes, a rhino. He is a pro-abortion Republican, period. And in Colorado, you have to be, unfortunately. Just as in Louisiana, you have to be a pro-life Democrat, which is why we have John Bell Edwards, or they have John Bell Edwards um, as their governor. Now, Trump came out last night and talked about how John O'Day lost big, and he basically praising this decision from the people within Colorado. Is this the right decision? Is this not? Um, if you think about it, if he's a if he's a Republican, he's saying that he agrees with the Republican platform, which is to stand for life, and yet he doesn't stand with that position. So, the people in Colorado, all intents and purposes, were like, "Well, if we're going to go for somebody pro-abortion, let's just go go off the deep end and uh, pick the guy who we probably more align with." Repub Colorado is is has swung over the past 15, 20 years. Hard blue, um, and and so you have you're seeing the results of that. You're also seeing in places like New Hampshire where um, the possibility of Boldick beating Hassan, um, and he got obliterated by almost eleven percent, uh, the ten point six percent he he got destroyed by. Uh, New York, Schumer held his his seat. There in the Senate, um, not as not surprising, and then a huge hold for Republicans is here in North Carolina with Bud holding off uh, Sherry Beasley. Um, quite interest interesting to see there, even as uh, some other smaller House races went uh, Democrat there as well. So um, we're seeing some things play out right now. Uh, it's a 49-48 lead with several races yet to be called. In the Senate, as I'll pull this up from Real Clear Politics, is this is probably the best map of so far. Um, all intents and purposes uh, here, um, Alaska, Arizona haven't fully been called, um, as Arizona is going to be a while. Nevada hasn't been called. Georgia's most likely going to a runoff, and then Wisconsin, even though it's not showing here, has been called by some some organizations here to go for Johnson. So that's where the Senate lies. Now I want to go to the House races. So we see here, um, go back to the top here, uh, Real Clear Politics shows that Republicans, as of right now, are picking up four seats. They need to get to, somebody needs to get to 218 to hold. There's a lot of races still yet to be determined within the House. Now, one race that is very, very interesting in New York is the Democratic head of the DCC, Sean Maloney in New York's 17th district, is looking like right now he's going to lose his race to uh, Michael Lawler in New York. That is a interesting fact there in New York, as uh, it looks like Zeldin just got mopped by Hockle um, in the governor's race. And so... This speaks to something interesting going on in certain districts of New York. Like outside of your big cities in New York, New York is red. New Jersey is like these are red places because they're more rural areas. People tend to forget that. They think New York, New York City, it's that's what the whole state is like. No, not really. Something interesting just to see there. Um, there's a lot of GOP pickups, there's a lot of dim pickups, pretty much everything held in place. 
in the house. Uh, but that New York race is is very, very interesting. And let me guys, I'll ask this question of how what happened in your your areas with both the Republican and Democrats. Because what I saw was the Democrats had a better, way better ground game than Republicans. They just thought the endorsement from Trump was their way in, their ticket in. They did no campaign, in my eyes. They did no campaigning. They did no flyers, no texts, no phone calls, no no events to reach out to voters, no doorknock, like nothing. And then they just expect to win, and they're, they're surprised that they lost. And they're surprised that now North Carolina is a swing state. That's just where I'm at. Let me guys know where you guys are. Um, where what the campaigns are like because that will be a huge determinant um remind me of what race the outcome for ryan zinc is um if if i remember correctly i think he he lost it um let me see if i can find it here in montana it looks like that race montana district one zinc is up with 92 percent of the vote counted 49.9 percent um to 46 0.3%. That looks like it is going to have to wait for the full vote to come in, um, if not possibly go to a runoff. I mean, he needs 0.1, a little bit, you know, a couple more percentage points there. Um, so we'll we'll see there. That's surprising. Very heavy red state there. So um, quite interesting. Okay, now let's get to the governor's races. Okay, so. You saw the only really big red wave um, here in Florida and really the southeast. Uh, DeSantis, hold. Uh, Rubio, hold. And then you have Alaska. All intents and purposes will we'll stay Republican in uh, Dunleavy. You have issues with what's going on in, in Arizona with Lake and Hobbs. That's a close race. That is a very, very close race. Masters and Kelly, not so much. It's a little bit further, but it's still within the margin of it's a toss-up. Lake and Hobbs is a toss-up, and there's issues there. I don't, don't have time to get into it today. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders ended up winning governor in Arkansas, uh, continuing the legacy of the Sanders Huggaby uh, family there. I think she'll do a good job. Um, I mean, she did a great job as press secretary, and she was obviously highly knowledgeable with, due to her family's history. But the Dems did pick up uh, Maryland and, and Massachusetts, which they're more Democrat areas just because of the Trump phenomenon. There was a decent candidate, but the problem is there is you have both a Democratic House uh, and Senate in those states. So, yes, the people went back to Democrat there. Um and pretty much everybody else is holding. Um, those are the two things there. So if you're going to talk about a red wave, not so much. Uh, and that's the thing. Well, I, this is why you keep your emotions in check when it comes to politics. Because it is county by county. It is district by district. Precinct by precinct. And it depends on who is involved in each of those little areas. So this red wave talk for the past year, I just I didn't buy it. Didn't see it. And we saw it come to fruition last night. Um, I was watching a little bit of Daily Wires last night. Ben Shapiro talked about he believed in the red wave. And then by the time Florida had been called, um, he was like, no, it's not. It's it's more like a, 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 a red wedding. or I forget what he said. 
But in reality, is it ended up being a, just a small little tide, which is that's how things play out in these political races. So now we've looked at um, how these races stand in a lot of these cases, uh, in a lot of these states. Uh, I have some thoughts that I want to get to. So uh, starting off, and hopefully I just want to put these things into perspective in both a natural and spiritual sense. Starting off, obviously, just mentioned it, the the fact of the, the idea of a red wave was a complete um, trying to paint a picture. And it was a horrible picture to be painted, to say, we have a red wave. People just, they had faith that their supposed Republican candidates would win, and they forgot that uh, what James said is faith without works is dead, is you can have faith that there might be a red wave, but you also have to have works. And Democrats, like Gavin Newsom and others, were saying, oh yeah, there's a red wave. Don't worry about voting. No problem. You do that. You believe that red wave. That's the problem with saying there's a red wave. If, if, you're, if, if the better strategy politically is to say, hey, it's a tight race. We need everybody to get out and vote and, and vote properly based upon biblical moral values or however they, their candidate wants to, the position they want to take. They didn't do that. They said, oh, red wave, no worries about it. You heard that from every political pundit out there. That is the worst political strategy in the natural to play, and they played it, and this is what you see. Second thing is Matt Walsh said it, and if I agree with him, and I'll stay with this, is poor candidate selection is what came back to bite Republicans in the end. Starting in Colorado with O'Day, pro-abortion candidate, Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz, and New Hampshire with Baltic. And you could possibly add in maybe Georgia with Walker, possibly, um, and some other states. So that has to be a decision. And what's interesting about this is that Democrats had a mighty hand to play in this. Because go back to the primaries. Yes, Democrats outmaneuvered voters. Democrats supported and funded some of these pro-Trump candidates early on in the primaries. And so Republicans voted for him. Oh yeah, they're pro-Trump candidates, but they're horrible policies. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know how to campaign. They didn't have the people around them who could possibly win. And Democrats saw that and they took advantage of it. And so poor candidate selection came back to bite Republicans in the end. Now, what we're seeing is the natural reveals the spiritual. Going back to the best outcome in the Senate is 51 seats. And you have Nevada, which is going to be key. That'll that'll be the one I, in reality to determine a lot of things. Uh, Georgia as well. Wisconsin holding is is a huge win, and we're seeing here that the natural reveals the spiritual. What has to happen in the coming days is, and this, if anything, if if we're going to ever have a chance to be a nation who stands in commitment with the Lord, the church. And Christians are going to, number one, have to get registered to vote. There are organization, great organizations out there, My Faith Votes, uh, Freedom Works, uh, a couple other ones out there. They're doing a good job of starting that process. That has to be the first thing that happens. Two is obviously the church has to get informed. I mean, if you're not registered, you're obviously not informed, and then get informed. That's why we talk about being like the sons of Issachar, of knowing the times and seasons. That's why it's ever more important to know that. And then three, obviously, to get out and vote. Go back to James. Faith without works is dead. And what we're seeing is this 
teaching of faith alone is what's okay, and you just have to have faith that things will work out for you, because that's that's what God wants, is not the reality. Faith without works is dead. And that goes back to um, theological teachings since the time of Martin Luther that most of the church in different denominations have to deal with. Uh, and, and, and a point of, uh, of something each and every individual could do here is if you're older than 30, possibly reaching out to someone under 30 who has been taught these anti-biblical stances, to say the least. Maybe they were churched, maybe they weren't, and for some reason they just got taught things. Because the reason there wasn't a quote-unquote red wave or things didn't people didn't vote based on biblical moral values was because of the under 30 voting block. They voted for this socialistic, anti-biblical, pro-abortion stances and politicians. And that's where we we have to, and I say this because Mike Bickle talked about this, is he had prophetic word where he said the older generation needs to reach out to the younger generation, start a relationship with people who have families and non-families alike. Because we have to be able to pass on what wisdom and revelation older generations have to the younger generations. I was blessed to be in a household where that was done on a daily basis. Some families, as we're seeing now, were not. Most churches were not. Um, as the voting block of believers just falls apart um, when it comes to the election cycle. Next is what Rick Joyner, Mark Nuttall, and George Barna studied and found, the Barna group, excuse me, found that the politics of believers and, and the American people is going to the right, but they don't believe in this Republican Party, and right, somewhat rightfully so. And because you could say, well, they, they stayed at home and allowed this to happen, and that's partly true. The reason this went this way is because people didn't go vote, unfortunately. And so I think we need to start looking and understanding why that's the case because that study shows and holds weight and will hold weight in the future. And if believers don't understand that um, moving forward, that, okay, we're going right, and Brick Joyner's seen this for quite some time, what does that mean in the future? That's something to, to look at, study more, because people and, and, and believers have to realize that, yes, we're going this way, but we also have to put up good candidates who are going to vote based upon biblical moral values. And then going back to, I mentioned this several, several times over the last several months, Chris Reed's dream of people begging for handouts. And this kind of goes in line with some a, a dream that Jeremiah Johnson had about seeing desolation in certain cities and people being desperate, not only for um, natural needs, but for spiritual needs more so, being desperate to search out the church and, and that there not being enough churches for people to go to for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, for just a, a simple touch of wisdom and revelation in the season that they're in to, to help guide them through this situation that was to come, which at the time when he had it, Trump was president. You're like, oh, no, this is going to never happen. But now it's becoming more and more reality. And I say that to say is that now with these results of this election, those dreams are coming more and more true, uh, more and more likely to be true of people being put in positions to be begging for government handouts, but yet they're not anything to be um, there. The plus plus of all of this, the redemptive purpose 
of this election is that this nation, whether for better or for worse, is on a path to be put on the position of reconciliation and a choice to be made of whether they want to stand up, get back into covenant with the Lord for there to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, uh, a reawakening, a revival, whatever terms people want to use, is now this nation is, again, on a closer step towards that becoming a reality. And the question is, is will people with all their hearts, with all their souls, like King Josiah, make that stand, like with a King Josiah, to be able to walk in that covenant relationship of the plans and purposes that God has for this nation? And that's the question. Is it's not a determinant that, yes, we're 100%, this is the way we're going. I'm not saying that. I'm saying is that's the question, is will we? Do we have a desire? Um, and, and it's not just us here alone. It's, it's the body of Christ throughout the United States. It's the people of America. It's politicians. Are they going to be able to lay down their pride? Are we as, as Americans going to be able to lay down, lay down our pride, repent of our own individual sins, and then start dealing with, with the sins of our, that happened in our cities, the things that have gone on throughout history that need to be dealt with? Ira pointed to one of the huge ones involving the uh, black and white communities and their involvement during the slave time around education about how there needs to be forgiveness um will ford had a dream similar to that about how you know he needed to forgive of some things of his past and i think those are just some examples small very small examples of things that can happen on both white black brown blue whatever the case may be and so we're, we're at a point where the lord is knocking on the door saying are you hot or are you cold are you here song of songs he, he's desiring for us to walk in relationship with him and now we're coming to an even more important time not just in the political sense the natural is revealing the spiritual take the the prime example of the issue of abortion the under 30 vote, voting block voted for those who want to nationalize abortion the Lord is not going to be happy with that. And, and we as a nation have to realize is how can we stand there and allow this to happen? Because if we go back to COVID, 100% of governors, 100% both Republican and Democrat, allowed abortion clinics to be open for, and churches to be shut down for a small amount of time. Florida, I live there. Texas, other states, Arkansas. Now, they eventually realized the error in their ways and changed. But when you have literal Christians fighting, especially in the early stages, early stages of the COVID, when things were getting shut down, fighting for abortion clinics to be st to stay open and churches to be shut down, we have an issue within the church. Something we need to deal with. Faith without works is dead, and we have to ask ourselves: Is do we want to stand in commitment and covenant relationship with the Lord with all our hearts and with all our souls? to walk out the covenant plans the Lord has and purposes for this nation and for our individual lives, families, cities, states, nation as well. I leave with that question because it will be something over the next two years that people are going to have to chew on, to decide, to answer with as the next chance for them to make their voices be heard. Um, and so even with all of this that's going on, there's a somewhat of a ray of sunshine. This, <laughs> this is why you keep your emotions in check to be able to 
not be swayed back and forth when the waves come because this was a wave whether it was red wave blue wave whatever it was a wave and we still have a chance as americans to make our voices be heard to walk in alignment with the image of god that we are created in and to stand for the kingdom purposes of this nation so let's continue to stand we'll continue to come provide um, what insights we feel like the lord is showing us what insights we're seeing in the news and praying for this nation and the office of the president blessings and i'll see you guys later have a good one